Hi, everyone. Before we get into today's episode, um, just a warning. During this talk, you will hear references to suicide as well as to domestic violence. Please listen with care and you can head to the show notes for further support. Thank you. This is Healing Through Love. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Healing Through Love. My name is Olivia Luna and I'm just a 32-year-old single woman who has never been in love before. And this podcast is my journey to find a healthy, healing, long-term monogamous relationship. Along the way, I'm going to get to talk to some wonderful friends, loved ones, as well as experts in the fields of dating, relationships, healing, wellness, and so much more. And today I have with me my wonderful friend, Saya Tomioka. Saya is a New York-based yoga and fitness instructor, mom of two cats, amateur home chef, and a semi-retired DJ. I'm very excited for you guys to hear my talk with Saya. Um, But before we do, just a reminder, if you are loving this podcast, please consider giving a five-star rating and leave me a review. Would love to hear how everything has been for you guys. Um, Also, if you are listening to this podcast on Spotify, we have polls and questions at the bottom of each episode that you can play along with. As always, if you are loving Healing Through Love, please share about it on social media. Tag us uh, at Solidarity underscore media. And you can also head to Solidarity Media Productions com to continue the conversation. All right, guys, let's get into the talk. All right, everyone, welcome back. It's good to have you all here on another episode of Healing Through Love. Today, I have with me the wonderful yoga and fitness instructor, Saya Tomioka. Saya, how are you? I'm well. <laughs> Getting through life. <laughs> as Yep, as it goes, as it goes. Um, yep. I'm really Every very day. excited to have you. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you on today to talk with you. I feel like we've had like some really good, you know, heart to heart moments. Um, and so I figured this is like the perfect place and space um, to share some time with uh, with Saya. So um, with everybody, I kind of like to start at the beginning. So can you tell us a little bit about um, how you were taught to love growing up and how were you loved by your caregivers? Uh, so... Love was something that was hard to access, I think, in in my in in my childhood. Um uh I I grew up with both my parents around. Uh my mom was the primary uh breadwinner of the family, so she would go work the nine to five while my father was the primary caretaker, right? He took her took care of the home and um he he was around most of the time. Um, and he and I had a very rough relationship growing up. Um, he tended to be a very angry person. Um, he expressed his anger through with a lot of violence. Um, so that was kind of how I grew up. Um, I also just didn't know that a lot of the things that were happening in my household was abusive until I became an adult and everyone, someone, someone had to sit down and tell me, you know, just so you know that that is called abuse. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Didn't know that. So, um, I kind of grew up with this very toxic and abusive understanding of what love and care is and looks like. And, um, I have used my entire adult life to unlearn that. Got it. 
No, I, I thank you for sharing that. And I'm sorry that that, you know, was kind of your upbringing. But um, I, I'm happy to see that, like, you know, you've you've really taken the time to just sort of grow and learn and develop through that. Like it, knowing you and, and seeing you like I would have never guessed because you're just so like warm and loving yourself. Um, you know, can you tell me a little bit about like how that um, how that kind of impacted your relationships, maybe your views on men or or just partnerships in general? Yeah. Um, so actually at the age of 19, um, my parents split up and, um, when they did, my father completely exited my life. Haven't seen or spoken to him for the last 10 years. So I come from a place of abandonment. I have this toxic understanding of what love is like to receive from a male figure. So, you know, I started dating at a very young age. I was dating since I was 14 and I'm only just starting to discover what it means to be single. Um, and I think I, there was a, a lot of emotional dependency through my relationships and my partnerships um, to really kind of fill that void of this lack of love I didn't receive growing up. Um, so I don't know if that answer the yeah. question or yeah okay <laughs> no absolutely and I can I can totally resonate with that you know my my father wasn't in my life for pretty much the first 18 years or so and it, it definitely that abandonment wound is something that continues to haunt me even today like in all facets of my work of my friendships like everywhere I go I'm just looking for that love that validation that like acceptance right um, and it's been the the most like challenging thing to have to overcome in my healing process for sure. Um, can you tell me a little more about like other things that you realize now, like you've had to unlearn? Because you're right, like an upbringing like that, you know, when we come to the realization like that's not normal, like the, it's sort of like I don't know, just uh, learning about like. Uh, space or like the, the the you know the sun revolves around us or whatever like all of that is just like so mind-blowing so um things that you just needed to like unlearn or just like you know fix for yourself yeah um <laughs> on top of my traumatic childhood <laughs> um I also uh lost a very significant partner of mine um mm -hmm. when I was 22 uh, he was like my college sweetheart. He actually was the person that kind of sat me down as a young adult and kind of was like, just so you know, you have all of this father, like father wound that you're going to have to unpack. And it's, and, and your upbringing was not normal. This is the guy who like introduced uh, therapy, this concept of therapy to me. So he was, it was just a very significant, yeah. He was just a very significant person in my life. And um, he very suddenly passed away when I was 22. So on top of me beginning to just starting to realize how much wound I have, I lose this person, right? So I'm on top of everything, I'm learning how to navigate grief at a very young age, right? Um, so... And I think losing a significant other um, 
really shaped me to become a type of partner that is very present, right? There's always the back of my head that's like, this could end at any moment, right? Whether this guy leaves, right? That's my abandonment wound or something, some crazy thing is going to happen in life and this person will disappear. That's the grief. Um, so I more and more have recently learned, been unlearning this pattern I have of constantly needing to be attached um, in a relationship, right? Um, so a lot of unlearning there um, <laughs> and a lot of growth has happened in the last couple of years with that. Um, but yeah, those are kind of the two big things that I've I've unpacked and um, continue to unlearn from even yeah. today. Oh, the art of unattachment. Like I have yeah. so much just envy and respect for people that like can walk through life just completely. I mean, I think there's a balance, right? Like you can't be like so unattached that you're just like uncaring yeah. or inconsiderate or like, you know, devoid of any feelings. But at the same time, to be able to allow feeling, emotion, grief, all of those things to just move through you, recognize them, be present with them, but move through you in that sort of unattached way. Like that is the key, right? Like that is, I mean, that's for me at least, that is the goal um, to be able to just sort of say, okay, you know, I'm enjoying this and I'm, I'm happy with this, but yeah, I, I don't need to be so fixated or attached or fearful that mm -hmm. it's going to leave me, it's going to end or whatever. Like this is just part of the life is give and take in and out. Um, it kind of makes me think a little bit of like, you know, some of the breath work that you've done in your in your fitness and your yoga um, practice. Can you tell us a little bit how how you got into that? Um, has that sort of impacted this sort of art of unattachment as well? You know, yeah, um, I my first ever yoga class was um, right the day after <laughs> I was released from the hospital. Um, again, trigger warning. Uh, this is a right, right around the time when my parents were splitting up. This is right around the time when my father was exiting my life. Um, I was extremely depressed, <laughs> reasonably. And um, there was a time where I had to be hospitalized after attempting to end my life. So... Um, this is the day after I was released from the hospital when I was 19. My mom dragged me to my first yoga class. And I will never, ever forget um, forget that moment when I discovered this practice. Um, you know, from my fir very first class, I just immediately knew that this was the path I was supposed to take for the rest of my life. I just, after my first class, I was like, oh, I know I'm gonna become a yoga teacher. And um, I'm approaching now 10 years <laughs> of teaching yoga. Um, I, I like to make the joke that I've been teaching longer than I've been able to legally drink. So there we are. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and I think, through with yoga, with any meditative practices, um, you begin to learn how to be a witness, mm. how to witness yourself and how to see yourself in relation to 
others, through the world, your connections, your relationships. And um, it's less about being unattached, but it's just kind of being present and within the attachment and without having the emotional triggers of it. It's kind of how I like to see it as. I don't know if that sounds really just like heady, but- um, No, it makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, Um, kind of witnessing, um, yeah, how the attachments that you have, what does it mean? How does it relate to you? And without any kind of reaction, right? So I, I, I personally don't see it as a way of unattaching, just but a way of just being even more mindfully present within the attachments that you have. Mm. I don't know if that. Um, yeah, beautifully put. No, <laughs> no, that's that's a great way. I, I'm you're making me rethink and want to reframe that for myself too, because so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm approaching it from that like unattachment is this need to like just completely cut off from. Mm-hmm you know, my attachment styles and things like that. But you're right. It is just being mm-hmm. present and being aware of them and sort of, you know, allowing it to play out if it needs to in like this healthy sort of mindful way, right? Like in, in with some right. intention as opposed to just like either letting myself fly out the handle or like completely, you know, cutting off altogether. It's that balance. So, um, right. yeah, you <laughs> blew my mind. Attachment, <laughs> yeah. I think attachment is a way of rooting, you know, mm. it it can be something that really grounds a person and their identity. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, uh, I think that's just like the earth sign in me <laughs> coming through as well. Um, but yeah, I, you know, um, so I just like to witness the things that I'm attached to. Um, and if it's not serving me, then then that's that's the practice of detachment that I think is it's it's a it's a balance, like you said. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, yeah. I'm glad. Well, hopefully, we can both be on that same wavelength because um, I need some of that. Uh, that's great. Well, so <laughs> always in it together. Um, can you tell us a little bit? So let's um, let's fast forward to maybe you know recently moving to New York. Um, how has that been? And also like, how has your dating experience in this city been like? (laughs) Well, well, I moved to New York the year after my partner passed away. Um, it was a very spontaneous decision. I, I was living in LA, California. That's where I was born and raised. My family was there. My friends were there. I had a full-on career as a yoga teacher there. And I just kind of dropped it completely, completely detached, as we said, um, and r- took all my roots and just drove, I drove out here and I moved to New York um, just because that was always my dream. And after losing Griffin, uh, that was my partner's name, um, I had really, there was, nothing holding me back. And so why hold, why hold myself back? Um, so I kind of drove out here to follow, follow my dream. Um, and it was the most terrifying experience. Uh, but it's probably my greatest accomplishment in my life so far. 
Uh, so I moved out here because that was my big old dream. And um, yeah, dating in New York <laughs> is, is, it's wild out there. You know, um, it's, it's pretty relentless. I gotta say, um, I think, um, I've never had trouble finding the next re relationship. I've gone from one long, serious relationship to the next. And, you know, within months of getting into the city, I have found myself in a relationship that was, again, extremely toxic, um, ended with a restraining order. That's how toxic it was. And then a month later, I found myself in another relationship. Um, and that was my most recent relationship. Um, you were a COVID couple. And this was my first relationship in my adult life that I can say the the healthiest relationship I've ever had. It wasn't perfect. There's definitely, a, we had a lot of issues. We had a lot of things that weren't healthy about our dynamic, but um, I think that relationship I had with my ex um, has given me a better understanding of what a healthy partnership could and look and feel like. So I, uh, yeah, the last five years, I found myself in two very long, long-ish uh, and serious and intense relationships. And now finally, I'm single. Yes. And it feels great. So That's I'm in amazing. a relationship with, with myself. And so, um, and no one is taking that away from me. No. Don't. And this is the moment <laughs> when the universe will test you and bring someone into your life but i'm just saying right now like i'm good on me. my own my we got this yes <laughs> yes yes i love I that I for you thank you me too thank you yeah congratulations and i i, I really want to just like commend you for like making the move and like that making that decision for yourself too. Like I was, I'm similar. Like I just had went through a heartbreak in my last year of college and it was like, I need to get the hell out of this city and I just need to, I need to change. I don't know what it's going to be like, but you take that risk and you, you know, it's, it's definitely similar. It's been the best decision that I've ever made. So I'm happy that it's also worked out for you and, and we met too. So that's like a benefit as well. Um, and yeah, I, I wanted to just sort of like also now dive into what is it that you're learning as like in your singledom, you know, or what is it that you hope to learn in this time, you know, being single? Yeah, I mean, one, I have learned that I'm fucking great. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes, I am great. And um, if if I had ever doubted myself for that, I am sorry to me. Like mm. that, this is, that was one of the biggest lessons I've learned. Um, and two, I think, in, so in my last relationship, it, we essentially broke it off because we had entered a point in our relationship where it was like, are we going to take this next step? And we had discussed promises of engagement and we had a few, we had a plan for a future together. And, you know, this is the first 
time I have really found myself where I could really envision and see and manifest this kind of life with, with another person. Mm. Um, so we were at a crossroads and, um, we just couldn't come to an agreement with that. And I think that's ultimately was our breaking point. I don't think that was the exact reason why we didn't work out. We had some, there were so many other things why it didn't work out. But um, so coming from that, and here I am in the last year of my 20s, right? I am 29. People keep saying I'm 30. I'm not 30 yet, but this <laughs> is I have one more year. I have one more year. Um, and I'm starting to enter this phase and in, in womanhood where I am like, oh, there's this thing called a biological clock. And um, so I think I'm starting to really feel that pressure because I, I am I am a person that I do want children one day. Um, I don't I don't know about marriage. I don't even know how I feel about marriage at this point because um, my my grandmother, I, I just also spent the month with my family in Japan. Um, my grandmother, she was a single mom of two. My mom for the last 10 years has been a single mom of three. And so all the women in my in my family are very anti-marriage. <laughs> and they keep telling me, you don't have to get married. You don't have to get married. You do not have to be married to have children. So it's been really nice to kind of unlearn this idea of um, what partnerships could look at like um especially yeah. we if you if I choose to have children in the future so that's one thing I'm unlearning from from my most recent relationship um uh I think I just went on a huge tangent no I totally no <laughs> I, I actually kind of want to like like go a little bit more into that because I I feel like I'm in the same boat too of just you know um well one when you get into your your singledom and you're learning like I'm fucking amazing and I'm great and this this life this single life is actually really nice you then really start to think about like okay what are the parameters that need to happen for me to not disrupt that but like if I'm going to include a partner if I'm going to include children it, even me just getting a dog I was like I really need to like think about like how that's going to impact things and yeah it, it I did start to question that whole traditional value of okay, I meet this guy and we date and then we get married and then we this like this like checklist of like a happy family, you know, like it's it can yeah, come yeah. in many different ways because none of my like in my family, um, a lot of my, you know, a lot of our the families that they have are, are blended families, right? Like they have, you know, someone had kids with this one and, and married this one and da, 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 you know, so it's it's never nuclear. It's never like one traditional set way even though that was kind of like the thinking that was kind of just ingrained within me from my family but then also like societally I think pop culture tells us you know what it should be and so yeah, yeah. unlearning a lot of that and realizing I don't you know I if I don't have like a, a positive view on marriage um but I I know I want to just be with someone like why not just be with them? <laughs> like, why do I have to get married? You know, I know if I want to have kids, like, do I have to be married to that person? I don't think so. Like, we can be adults and just yeah. agree to like, you know, raise a child together. Um, all of those things are really, and I also just think like, 
you know, society as well is starting to shift that too. Like fewer and fewer people are getting married, you know, fewer are, are going along that sort of traditional path. So yeah, I, I think, you know, do what's right for you. And, and this is a good time while you're single to really think about those things and like answer those questions for yourself. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, coming out of my last relationship where I, I fully thought we were going to do that. We're going to get married. We're going to have kids. Life is perfect. We're going to, I want to be 80 years old with you and still go to Trader Joe's. Like I, you know, I had this whole, I thought I had figured out my life finally. And, um, and so coming out of that relationship and re-entering this dating world, these last few months of dating has been really hard because I was working from a framework of like, can I marry this person? Do I see mm. myself having children with this person? And that is such a limiting way of cultivating any kind of any kind of connection, whether it's platonic or romantic. Um, and so that's been a major unlearning for myself that, you know, I don't have to date someone with the intention of forever in my mind. Yeah. There, I don't think there's such a thing. Such a thing. Yeah. And we yeah. also just don't have to jump to the end of a relationship before it's even started, you know, <laughs> like before we even know anything about this person, you know, we can just kind of enjoy who they are and just be, you know, that, that idea of like presence, right? Like that we talked about and that unattachment of, you know, however this unfolds, it unfolds, you know, I just want to be the best person that I can in, in this moment. So that's great. That's awesome. Um, my last question for you, how do you feel like you heal through love? Um, you know, I, so my last breakup was, uh, August. So like uh, over six months, um, at this point, um, in the last six months, I have, I have tested dating. I have dated people and thought there was love there. Maybe not. Um, but it also breaking up with my ex, it gave me an opportunity to really focus on my connections that are outside of romance, whether it's friendship, whether it's a platonic connection with the opposite sex. Um, and once I started to really focus my mind on redefining what love is, right? Love isn't just romance. Love is some when I link arms with my best friend and she just walked me home for 20 minutes. That is that is love, you know? Um, us being able to do this podcast episode together. Like this is an act of love. And I think um being able to really cultivate meaningful connections and not focus, not let it center around romance has really helped me to understand what people mean when say when they say love is all around you. Because it is. And um and that has helped me feel less alone. That has helped me feel. <laughs> Less helpless <laughs> in this crazy life. Um, and it 
and it it has really kind of I don't know filled up my heart mm. with a lot of love sounds so cheesy no that's so beautiful but... we love it we love the yeah. love <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Stop romanticizing romance. We gotta, oh. we gotta stop doing that. Yes, that will keep making us feel like we're we're not worthy. It'll it'll empty our souls. There's there's so many other ways to define love, and that's that's the journey I'm on. Yeah, and that's so. It's like it's so unrealistic sometimes. The the romanticizing that we do now, it's just like just relationship goals, right? Like all of those things you, you just scroll on Instagram and like it can be inspiring, but also it can be so toxic to what we what we what we're missing is like normal, boring, everyday love is like right there. And it really is all around us. But we're not we're looking for some grand gesture. We're looking for like, I don't know, Prince Charming or whoever to just kind of like show up in the rain. And that's that's just not what it is. So. I, I love that phrase and definitely that's something I want to take away from this. Like I don't need to over romanticize romance. Like I can romance myself. I can, I can romance my dog. I can romance my friends. Like it can be in all kinds of different forms. So that's a great takeaway. Great way to end. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Saya. This has been wonderful. Um, how can people like find you, keep up with your story? Um, I am on Instagram. <laughs> that is kind of the only thing. Um, and my handle is Sai Papaya, which um I have kept all these years. It it's I love at it. this point. I can't change it because people on the street will be like Sai Papaya. And I'll be like, <laughs> Yeah. So I, I have considered changing it to like a little bit more of a professional uh handle for work, but um Sai Papaya is here to stay. So I love it. I almost called you that like before on on uh on when I was recording your intro. I was like, Saya Papaya. <laughs> it, it 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 works. It works. It has worked That's for great. a reason. I love it. Well, thank you so much for talking with me, Saya. Hopefully we'll maybe have you back down the line and catch up with you. Yeah. And I just love this journey that you are on. It's been um as a friend, it's been it's brought me so much joy just just to witness this this new exciting chapter for you because you're an amazing and lovely and fierce human being. Thank you. You are too. All of my friends are just amazing and loving and I love it. See, love love everywhere. Love everywhere. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Healing Through Love. You can head to the show notes of today's episode to find links on how you can keep up with today's guest. Also, if you have any questions or comments about today's talk, please hit us up on social media, tag us at solidarity underscore media, or you can also go to solidaritymediaproductions.com to continue the conversation. Thanks again, and I look forward to updating you all soon. Bye.